Hi again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 574. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please specify whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free. Uh, right now, um, uh, we have a strong message tonight. I've got letters. We've got music. And let's go to the throne to ask the Lord to anoint this message. Father, anoint uh, this program. Uh, let everything that uh, you want to be said be said. That souls will be saved and the ch- uh, church edified. And that those that believe that they can serve you in a halfway or even 99% in nine-tenths manner and still get into heaven, Lord, that they will maybe learn the truth and begin having faith to where they are able to receive all your blessings, uh, such as good mental health, good physical health, and good uh, the different gifts from you that you give to people that very few have these days. And, uh, Lord, that uh, when we pray to you, that you'll shake heaven and earth and uh, against Satan. Lord, we ask that you rebuke him in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. I've got some music here for you. This is from the London Philharmonic Orchestra and Choir. It's called, uh, it's calling for the Lord to abide with you. It's called abide with me.
Praise the Lord. Uh, in the uh, 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, uh, the Bible tells us these are the words of God given to Moses. And verse 1 states, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently. That doesn't mean just occasionally give your ear to the Lord, but if you'll hearken unto the Lord diligently, unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and uh, to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And it starts out, and it shall come to pass. If, that's a little word, if, if you do everything in your power to listen to the living God. But uh, so these are promises from the Lord. And what do the effects of the promises have on your soul? Uh, well, uh, the promises are the opposite of the cursings of the Lord. But God promises to curse you as well if you don't do what he says. So, Sharon, are you at that place in the Bible to where you can read verse 2? Yes. Okay, read it, please. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto... If. Amen. Amen. If thou shalt hearken, what? Unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Okay, and keep going. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Okay, so what do the effects of the promises have on your soul? A blessed, read that again, blessed are you in the what? In the city. In the city. Okay, there's a lot of people that are in the city now that are going stone cold broke. Uh, their businesses are failing them. And I think it's because the fact that they don't pay any attention to the if. They think that because they're living and breathing and God has allowed them to live another day, that uh, they think that uh, they can't understand why other people are getting ahead and they're not. And they get angry, boiling mad at different uh, Christians that God is blessing. And uh, they can't understand why... Uh, they might be some other religion, and they, uh, which Christianity is not a religion, it's salvation. Uh, Christ, uh, different religions and salvation are like two different things. Religion is like a fake thing. It's like you uh, look in a store window and you see mannequins, and they look like uh, humans, but they don't have any, uh, in, they don't have any guts in them. They don't have a heart and a spirit, a soul. They don't have any inward parts. Looks like a human, but it's not. But salvation is like a living, breathing person. And uh, so uh, the if is very important. If you do what? If thou shalt hearken diligently. I mean, that's like you just hold tight onto every word that God says because uh, the um, the effects of the promises uh, what uh, what do the effects of the promises have on your soul much in every way 
And now, blessed are you in the city, and blessed are you what? In the field. In the field. If you're a farmer or you're raising crops or something, you'll be blessed because the Lord can send locusts and the canker worms and the palmer worms and all sorts of sorts of worms to eat up your crops. And so the Lord says, if you diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord by God. And who is the word but uh, the Lord but the word? God sent the word into this world, uh, sent his son himself into the world uh, as a human because he wanted everybody to know that he was just a, a real good guy because Jesus was a man, but he had God in him. Okay, he wasn't... Um, uh, he wasn't born of man. He was born of a woman because the Lord uh, impregnated her by the Holy Spirit just as he does those of us. When we invite Jesus into our heart, He, uh, the first blessing, which is the cream of the crop, the cream right on top of all the blessings is for the Lord your God and uh, to live in you uh, so that he can uh, work in you on this earth as the continuation of his incarnation. So, blessed are you in the city. Well, you've got a business there or whatever business you're doing in the city. And if you are a person that deals with farmers or that you are a farmer yourself or you live out in the country, you'll be blessed out there. Everyone that has the right to the promises are transformed by the promises. You become a new creature because you believe the promises. You become uh, blessed by the Lord. And uh, the other people in the world are not blessed by the Lord because they don't receive the Lord uh, and they don't seem to, they don't care anything about his promises. It doesn't make any difference if the entire world is going down the drain. Uh, they don't pay any attention to the promises of the Lord. Therefore, they're not transformed by the promises. As Satan shed his venomous seed, which is his word, the Bible states that the word of God is the seed of God. Because once it gets planted in you, it transforms you. Um, and... The Word of God is just loaded full of promises. It's like you become part of the commonwealth of the Lord because he promises you that you uh, have received the kingdom of heaven into your spirit and thus you uh, become heir and joint heirs of all the different promises that the Lord has made. But you're not even listening to that. And that means that you're not hearkening you're not hearing or paying any attention to the word of God because you think it's foolishness because to the unsaved people, to the people that are unbelievers, the word of God is foolishness unto them. So as uh, Satan shed his venomous seed into the heart of Eve by a promise. See, Satan promises people things too. He promised Jesus everything in the world. He wanted to make Jesus the first pope, but the Lord didn't go for it because the Lord already owned everything. And so do you and I, if you 
uh, are one with Christ. If you uh, are uh, what the Bible states, uh, you're affected by the promise of God. If you've received him because of the promise of eternal life, which is the cream on the top of the, the all the beautiful things, the vegetables and fruit that uh, are, we could call each vegetable a promise, each fruit a promise, and all the different fruits and vegetables and the herbs of the garden, they belong to us. So, in other words, some people just take one of the herbs out of the garden or one piece of fruit out of the garden of the Word of God or one of the vegetables out of the vegetable stew instead of taking it all. Why not take everything? Why not believe God for everything when he uh, stated, if you keep all of his commandments, if you hearken unto the Lord, to observe and to do. Right there it tells you that Jesus uh, didn't do everything. He said all that Jesus began to say and do, but he says that he's saying this now to his people. All that uh, you have observed in the word of God and that you do all his commandments. Now, the Hebrew children, when they were out in the wilderness, that they had different jobs that they were given to do. Some were uh, the Levites and some of them had uh, charge over the most holy place and the holy of holies. And uh, some of them had uh, to do with the lavers and the sacrifices for they had to kill the sacrifices some burned them up some of them hauled the stuff out of the gate and where they put the dung in the inward parts of the different sacrifices and uh, so they did all these things because they realized that God in the book of Deuteronomy and in Leviticus and Exodus there's all these promises, and even in the book of Genesis, that God made to his people. But none of these prophecies or promises belong to any of the people that were not in the camp of Israel. Because Israel is God's chosen people. And if people want to be part of Israel, they have to unite themselves by the word of God. In other words, unite themselves with Christ to God. Because you can be a member of God if you diligently hearken and do uh, to observe all and to do all. Not some of his commandments, because if you want all the blessings, you can't just do some of his commandments, but he's saying A-L-L, all of his commandments. You have to be uh, observant of them and to do them. So uh, uh, then, uh, which uh, the Lord says uh, uh, to Moses, he says, tell him that which I command thee this day that the Lord, God, thy God, because no other nation in the world has God, but the Lord thy God will set thee on high. And that's why the Lord says no other nation in the entire world has God except Israel. And so, therefore, if people want to have God, they if you're a Gentile, you have to become Israel. So you become spiritual Israel when you kneel down before the cross of Christ and you believe his promise of eternal life, which is the cream of all of his prophets, uh, promises. 
oh my God, I get to have eternal life. And I, and then on top of that, you get all the blessings that he uh, has bestows on those that listen to the if word, I-F, that two-letter word, uh, thy God will set thee on high. What does he mean by that? Above all nations of the earth. He doesn't promise it to any other nation. He says that the Gentiles have an opportunity to be saved. They can uh, be involved with uh, Israel. And they can also receive all of Israel's blessings, but they must be be converted to another nationality. They must become spiritual Israelites. Now, it doesn't make any difference if you're Swedish or Norwegian or Danish, German, Japanese, uh, Chinese, or Portuguese or whatever. You must be born of God. You must be born again of the spiritual Jew, the world's greatest Jew. You must have him with his father by the spirit because God said that he's the God of the Jews. Amen? Amen. So you want to become Jewish. It's like if you want to belong to the Elks Club, you have to go down and enroll in the Elks Club. Amen? Amen. You're not an elk. You're not a moose. You're not an eagle. You're not a brownie or a Girl Scout until you go down to the brownie or Girl Scout office and get their manuals and pay your dues and join up with them. And you're not a Christian unless you become a Jew. Amen? Amen. Now, you may be uh, a, a yellow person, a brown person, a beige person, black, white, whatever, olive skin like uh, we Jews are, green. But um, everyone that has the right to the promises are transformed into Jewish people there uh, by the promises because God makes these promises to Gentiles who convert to not Judaism, but they become Christians through Christ by uniting themselves with uh, the Lord God. So... uh, these were the promises that God made, but then Satan makes other promises. He promised the whole world to uh, to Eve, and he did the same thing, and she bought it. What was it that he told her? He says, quote, ye shall not surely die. Genesis 3, 4, chapter 3, verse 4. Whereupon she presently conceived with sin and was assimilated into the likeness of his diabolical nature. So everyone in the world has been assimilated into the devil's nature by receiving his word that thou shalt not die. Surely you must be over that trip that he put the entire world on through Eve. You know that you're going to die, I pray. I pray that you receive that much wisdom and knowledge and understanding because the God said that. Mm -hmm. The living God said that you're going to die. That's a promise. Now, at the beginning, they wouldn't have died, but because they received the things of Satan, then they have to die. So uh, she received the likeness of his diabolical nature, wicked as was the devil himself. She became just as wicked as he is. 
So God uses the promises of the gospel. Called, therefore, the incorruptible seed. Now, the seed of Satan was what Eve bought. And everyone on this earth so far has purchased from him. They like to believe that we can bring about peace by having an international government and that everyone will just be fine if we get rid of all the righteous people, then we can all live in sin together and not be bothered by the Lord. But read some more of what uh, the blessings uh, that are written in the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy. What verse are you on now? Four. Four. Okay, let's read it. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. Okay, so look at all the children today that are not blessed. They're born with heart disease, holes in their hearts. They're, uh, they have, they're mongoloid. They're stillborn. Mention some of the other things that are uh, with uh, children today. Diabetes. They, they have diabetes. They're born with drug problems because their parents uh, don't listen to the Lord and they are on drugs. And some of them uh, don't look. Uh, they're born freaks. They have, Their heads are too large or they have one arm or some of them are born with hard arms and legs. And people call them freaks. And you say, well, that's really nasty for you to say. I'm preaching the gospel from the Bible. He says that blessed will be the fruit of your body. Amen? Amen. In other words, your children will all have uh, ten fingers and ten toes, and they'll have eyes in the proper place, nose, mouth, ears that hear, and are not blind, and all the other effects of uh, the promises of the Lord for people who uh, keep the commandments of the Lord. My uh, mother and dad didn't do that, and so some of us had uh, impediments. I was born, I had glaucoma, and uh, my brother had problems, both of them. And I'm sure that you can relate to some of these things, but when we get under the promises of the Lord, then everything changes. Everything is um, translated into uh, the blessings of the Lord. In other words, we become transformed. We become new creatures in Christ. Uh, but the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is called, quote, un incorruptible seed. Uh, there's no corruption in the promises of God. Uh, God isn't like man that lies like a dog, lies like the devil. And the devil is a dog or a sow, a pig, uh, a serpent. He's a liar. But when you read the word of God, you know you're reading the real thing, the real deal. It's incorruptible seed to beget his own image and likeness in them. Eve caused all of us to be assimilated for the satanic uh, venom of Satan's words and his promises to be assimilated into us. And he wants us to believe that there's no power on earth that can get us out of these uh, different things. But the Lord made us out of the dirt of the ground, and he can make our body parts whole. 
uh, he has in his word uh, taken people with leprosy and immediately when they believe his promises and they receive him uh, then they are transformed their hands are no longer withered they don't have uh, leprosy any longer they don't have uh, they're blessed of the Lord demons are uh, legions of demons are cast out of them into uh, inappropriate things such as swine so God uses the promises of the gospel in, a t- in an attempt to induce you into uh, out of curses into the promises of God because it's a, a proven thing that God can't lie because everything that he said thus far is happening he said, you, uh, the, uh, if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which I call the computers today, you're going to die. But they still went along and said, it doesn't apply to me. Because God made uh, you, Adam, and you, and, uh, you know, God's not going to kill you. There's no need for you to be upset. Go ahead and eat. God knows that if you eat from this tree that you're going to be as wise as him and you'll be like God. God doesn't want you to know what he wants. He's a jealous God and he just wants you to be stupid. So, but the Lord says, uh, my promise is incorruptible. If you eat from that tree, you are going to die. And so far, all of us have. Satan said we would God says, you will. Uh, so, if we eat and drink the incorruptible seed, which is the word of God, then we are going to beget God's own image and likeness in the seed of the, the scriptures, the word of God. And the, uh, they that are his elect do receive them God's image and likeness in his word alright so uh, exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature in other words you become a member of God's body isn't that something now this is the promise of the Lord This is an exceeding great and precious promise that by these promises you might, and these words of the Lord, by receiving life, this word is life, spirit and life, that you might be partakers of the divine nature of God. That's 2 Peter 1.4. Have you got that? Yes. Read it, please. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. By us. Who is us? Those of us that... Hearken diligently to the word of God because his uh, promises are precious, exceedingly great. When God says exceedingly great and precious promises, then that's greater than you could ever imagine and more precious than you could ever, ever imagine because both of them are exceeding great and exceeding precious promises that by that by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature. That's Second Peter 1, 4. Read it again. 
whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Okay, uh, so you leave these uh, lustful things and these uh, false sayings of Satan. That it uh, that, that so that that is you are partakers of such heavenly holy qualities and dispositions as will make you like God Himself. The promises of the gospel have in them a fitness, F-I-T-N-E-S-S. And when by the Holy Spirit of God is applied a virtue to pacify the heart. There's a virtue that enters into you that pacifies your heart as well as to pacify your conscience because your conscience is always going to accuse you because when you are a babe in Christ and you're, attempt, you're starting to grow by loving the promises of God and the word of God so much that you continue on it, but during the time that you are a babe, you're going to stumble a little bit. You're going to fall. You're going to slobber all over yourself. Somebody's going to have to change your diapers. You're a mess. So, in the Word of God, though, the Lord tells you these things. You're a babe, and then you grow up, and so on, until you get to the fullness of the statue of the Lord. But during the time that these things are happening to you, you realize as a babe that you're making mistakes, and it... Uh, it comes to you in your conscience and um, it makes you feel like maybe you're not really saved. But uh, the fitness of the scriptures and when by the Spirit of God is applied, if you take the Word of God and apply it to yourself, a virtue to pacify the heart. Well, I receive that I'm a baby Christian and I'm making mistakes and even... I've made, I've sinned unconsciously, uh, I, uh, you know, ignorantly. I didn't know it, Lord, but am I going to hell? Not if you continue on. As, so uh, to pacify the heart as well as to pacify your conscience. But the Bible says, quote, uh, and this is from John chapter 1, uh, 15, verse 3. It says, quote, now you are clean. This is what Christ says to his disciples. You're clean. Well, if they were clean, then why did uh, Satan deal through uh, the apostle Peter? And uh, the Lord had to tell him, get thee behind me, Satan. But before this, the Lord says, now you're clean. Amen? Amen. Okay, but he's a babe. He was still in the cradle. Amen? Amen. Are you going to throw your little baby out because it uh, slobbers on you or does something to you or maybe throws its rattle outside of the bed or its bottle? No, I don't think so. Now you are clean, says Christ to his disciples, through the word which I have spoken to you. Why are they clean? Because they're receiving it. But the Lord wasn't able to uh, preach the entire Bible to them at once. 
They weren't able to receive it all at this time, the Lord said. That's John 15:3. Now read it, please. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Lay therefore your hand upon your heart and speak freely your poor soul. Have the promises had a sanctifying virtue upon you? Have they? The more you hear of them and the more you read of the word of God, have you not desired to set yourself aside, sanctify yourself? Examine yourself and see what of God do you find in your heart more since your acquaintance with the promises as a protection for sin rather than an argument against it. In other words, when you first believe, the the Lord is telling you here, what of God do you find in your heart more since your acquaintance with the promises of God as a protection for sin? Is there a protection in the word of God if you sin ignorantly? Yes, is what I'm saying. Amen? Amen. Yes, there is. If it's not sin that you're doing on purpose, if you knowingly and willingly do sin, especially sins unto death. But, you know, if uh, we're talking about what of God you find in your heart more Have you advanced any since your acquaintance with the promises as a protection for sin rather than an argument against it? Are you arguing against the word of God that says, look at kid, young kid, babe, I know you're growing. Do you think that I'm a liar like Satan? I'm telling you that, you know, as long as I see you driving towards the kingdom of heaven, climbing up that mountain. But if I see you turn around and walk down that mountain, then there's uh, naturally, it's a different story. Amen? Amen. If you've given your heart and soul and mind and strength, and the Lord sees you advancing, that's what I'm saying. What of God do you find in your heart more since your conversion to Christianity? Since you were... uh, become acquainted with the promises as a protection for sin. Well, the Lord protects you from sin if you have the breastplate of righteousness on. You have to keep the commandments. And you know these things, and so uh, you definitely have to keep the commandments. This is not, I'm not giving anybody an excuse to sin, but uh, the Bible says if you sin ignorantly, amen? Amen. Then the promises gives you protection for sin rather than an argument against the promise. If God promises that you can be forgiven for sins of ignorance, then don't let your conscience convict you. In other words, is what I'm saying. Do you understand? Yes. Everybody? Yes. All right, good. As sin takes occasion by the commandment to work in the carnal heart all manner of concupiscence. 
this is like all manner of satanic sexual desires and things like that. So many are from the promise emboldened to sin more freely. The Lord is not talking about that, and I'm not either. I'm not trying to embolden you to sin. I'm just saying if you by accident, and you're really fervent to get to the top of the mountain, and you're pressing in toward the mark, I'm certainly not preaching uh, that people are able to be involved with concupiscence. So some people are from the promise from Satan that they're emboldened to sin more freely. Uh, just like mountebanks that uh, drink poison in confidence uh, that uh, an antidote of some kind will work. I'll drink poison because right next to me is a glass of... Uh, an antidote, in other words, something that will take away the poison effect. Like if you get a bee sting, there's antidotes for that. If you have uh, them near, you can take them. And there's antidotes for snake bites, mosquito bites. Now, uh, which way works the promises of God upon your hearts? Do you believe that you can, because the Lord says if you commit sins that are uh, unconscious sins, sins of uh, ignorance, he, he didn't know, how does that work on your heart? If the seal of the promise leaves not the impress of God's image on you, it ratifies no good to you. In other words, the promises of the Lord are clear. The promises of the Lord are very clear. In other words, the Bible says that you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord, thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee, this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high but if you don't he will set you on low as a matter of fact into the lower bowels of this world into hell and the lake of fire he'll say but if you do hearken to him and do diligently do everything that he says to do then he'll set you on high above all nations of the earth. So read some more of the, this uh, 28th chapter of Deuteronomy. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground. Yeah, so whatever you plant, it's going to come up. All right, it's going to come up and it's be blessed, blessed fruit. You notice that there's some people in the world that have phenomenal fruit. Uh, grapes, you never saw grapes like that. Uh, you've never seen uh, tangerines or oranges that taste so good. And then there's some that are withered. I wonder why. 
I don't really wonder why. The Bible clearly is telling us that. Amen? Amen. Go ahead. Continue. And, and the fruit of thy cattle. So if you have a herd of cattle, you're going to have a prize cattle. That is, if you do everything for them that is known to do for cattle. Then what? The increase of thy kind. What's that? The increase of thy kind. Okay, same thing. And the flocks of thy sheep. Same thing. It'd be blessed. Everything you do would be blessed. Okay, go ahead. Verse 5. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Okay. Verse 6. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Okay, hold it there. No matter where you go, if you're walking in the Spirit, the Lord uh, will bless you. So if you're not doing the will of the Lord, he, there's not going to be any um, impress of God's image on you. Um, it ratifies no good to you at all. It produces no holiness in you. It brings no joy to you. In a word, if the promise be not to you, a seed of power. It is no evidence for glory because you're receiving what Satan says. You're hearing the word of God and it's like lumps of sugar under your tongue. It's so sweet to you. But when the Lord tells you to put it into action, it uh, puts a frown on your forehead. I don't want to do that. But if you can find that it leaves the superscription of God upon you, then it assures the love and favor of God to you. Find out in what uh, posture your heart stands to the word of God, to the word of God's commandments. Well, you have to check yourself out all the time. The Lord says that we can do that by reading the Bible. The promise... Maybe is sweet to you, uh, to your palate. This you will like, um, uh, and you roll it like a lump of sugar under your tongue. But are not your teeth set against the command as though it were gall or wormwood? Oh, when you, you tell me that I have to do this, it's like gall. You mean I have to love my brother and my sister? You mean I have to rebuke and reprove evil people that are not doing your will? Yes, that's like gall and wormwood to you, isn't it? You just want to be nice all the time, don't you? You don't want to put God's word into effect to keep his commands because you're nicer than God, aren't you? You smile on the promises of God when put in mind of your duty to keep the commandments, then happily your um, countenance is changed and a frown sets on your brow as if God were some austere master that breaks his servants' backs with heavy burdens to do his commandments, to be nice to your brothers and sisters. 
But if they are uh, in a fault, you have to bring them out of it by reproving and rebuking them, or at least report it to the pastor so that he can do it. And you could wish with all your heart that a dispensation might be procured for you to break uh, now and then a command without forfeiting your claim to the promise, but because such a thing is not to be hoped for, don't think that you can break one commandment and that you're going to be blessed because such a thing is not to be hoped for. Do you understand? Are so kind to yourself. Oh, I'm going to be so kind to myself, I'm going to break a commandment. So kind to yourself as to give yourself leave to bow down to some idol of pleasure or profit that you have set up in your wicked heart and hope God will be merciful to you because it is only in this or that, one way or the other, you make... um, bold with him in this uh, breaking of commandments. If this uh, shoe fits you, if it fits your foot, this is the true character of your heart. That's what you do all the time, isn't it? That's which, uh, but I say to you, God forbid, But that isn't you. So you have uh, no lot better than uh, that belongs to you in the lap of the promises. So it's like you're sitting in your daddy's lap and you like are sticking him with a knife. So you don't have any better uh, hope. That belongs to a person that's sitting in the uh, uh, that's not sitting in the lap of uh, promises. You cannot expect God's promises if you're breaking a command, because if you break one, you've broken them all. That's the best thing you have, are the promises, so don't squander them. We have a comfortable promise, Psalms 50. But a guard is said about it. There isn't any disobedient wretch should gather its sweet fruit. You're not going to gather any of God's promises if you're a disobedient wretch. Nobody that's disobedient is going to gather the fruit, the fruit of God. Quote, unto the wicked, God saith, what hast thou to do, dot, 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 that thou uh, shouldn't take my covenant in thy mouth. But what he's saying there is that thou should take my covenant in your mouth, you wicked person. You can't take my promise in your mouth, seeing thou hast that you hatest my instruction and uh, castest my words behind thee. Verse 16 and 17. But unto the wicked God saith, 
What hast thou to do to declare my statutes, or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth, seeing thou hatest instruction, and castest my words behind thee? And you don't want to be instructed on how to have all the blessings of God. Therefore, you got the cursings. On the other hand, if you cannot in truth say that it is not the holy command that you are offered, uh, that you're, uh, um, that you are uh, offered and then you are offended with them, but with yourself, because you cannot obey it no more perfectly, that is not grievous to you to keep but break the laws of God. And though your foot too often slips, yet your heart cleaves to the promises of the Lord, and you will not let you lie where you fall. So the promises will not let you lie where you fall. You get to mend your peace. Your peace and uh, your mind. Your steps better. For your comfort, no poor soul. This sincere respect that you have to the commandment is most comfortable evidence for your true title to the promises. If you keep the commandments, you have true title to all the promises. When David was able to vouch his love to the command, he did not question his title to the promise. Psalm 119, 113. There he asserts his sincere affection to the precepts. Quote, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. He does not say that he is free from vain thoughts. We are today if we uh, walk in the spirit. But he hates them. He likes their company no better than one would a pack of thieves that break into his uh, house. Neither says he that he uh, thoroughly kept the law, but he loved the law, even when he failed at exact obedience to it. Uh, He fell away. He committed adultery, and he grieved greatly, and the Lord cursed him. But the Lord allowed him into the kingdom of heaven because he had confessed, and he continued on. Now, from this testimony, his conscience brought in for his love to the law. His faith, but you know, the people today that are sinning, they don't love the law. They don't have any desire to keep it, and they don't keep it. So this is the time, you know, this is the acceptable time for people to accept the Lord. If you love the law of God, 
which most of the people in the world don't. It's to your own destruction. But there's no profit because you don't know that you're going to live another day. You don't know that you're going to live another day. You don't know that you're going to make it through the night. You don't know that you're going to make it through this day. So say this prayer because, you know, you don't know. Only the Lord knows when your your soul, your spirit is going to be uh, extracted from your body and you're going to stand before the Lord. And I pray that you're not groveling there for mercy because... There is no mercy after you accept, after you will not accept the Lord. Once you're dead, and then the judgment comes, and there's no chance for repentance there. So say this prayer. Let's pray together. Say, My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all your filthy sins, all my filthy sins, and I believe the former filthy sins, and I believe that you, Father, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you, Jesus, Holy Father, and Holy Spirit into my heart. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know. Because your word says so. Your word says you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I am saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my everlasting, eternal soul. Now just praise and thank the Lord, and give all the glory to him. And read the King James Version of the Bible. Uh, but And right now, uh, here's uh, Sharon to tell you how to receive a copy of this program, number 574. Go to com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479 479- 782-7406. Well, praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying tune in tomorrow for another guide, guidance to the throne of the Lord so that you can have all of his promises, uh, the number one being born of the Spirit, washed in the blood, and so that you can also have a closer walk with the Lord in this world. And here's Patsy Klein to sing it, Just a Closer Walk with Thee.